Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Young Black and Bollard. I probably couldn't tell you what episode this is. I feel like it's like 156, 156, 157. Either way, I'm your host, Greg, and I'm joined by my co-host. Live from Coronavirus Quarantine Headquarters in D.C., it's your boy, Q. <laughs> How you been, man? The, the social isolation, uh, uh, quarantine, or the social distancing, whatever the hell you want to call it, I hate it. Already, I'm just stuck in the damn, I'm stuck in the damn house. Like I can't, like can't go to the bar. The bars closed. But now that I, you know, on the word right on, right on the street is they're going to allow alcohol sales mm-hmm. via closed container. Oh, on like you know DoorDash and and all that. So. Uh, just a public service announcement. If you know those of you who have a, your favorite bar, your favorite bartenders, this is a tough time for them. Um, the service industry is getting hit very hard. Um, you know, they, you know, bartenders and servers are dependent on tips. Um, so if you know your favorite bartenders, uh, Cash App or Venmo or PayPal or whatever. Drop them a few. Drop them a, a, a virtual. Drop them a virtual tip because they they're hurting right now because they can't work. Exactly. Uh, uh, if you go on Facebook, there is a Google for those of you for those that are in DC. Um, if you go on Facebook, there's a Google Doc that has all the. Most most of all of the bars in DC and the service and service and bartenders um, listed by the by the bar they work at. Um, yeah, drop them a few coins. Like they they it, they provide us happiness in good and bad times. Um, now that basically everything is shut down and like you can only uh, take out or deliver. Uh, do delivery contact contactless delivery you know social distancing um yeah drop you know we're able to save a little coin drop them a few drop them a few coins you know support support our bartenders support our service work uh hospitality workers because right now uh it's you know depending on how all this lasts and how bad COVID-19 gets they're going to be out of work for a while and their business and their and the restaurants and bars that they work at just might go under, yeah. Be, because they have no revenue coming in. You know, restaurants and bars are a cash-driven business. You know, they rely on revenue, direct revenue coming in because you know they provide a product and they can't put that product out. So they're losing hordes of cash right now. Hmm. I'm with it. Like, makes sense to me. Me, personally, when it comes to, like, bartenders, I feel like we always tip them well anyway. There are assholes who don't. So especially now with, like you said, restaurants closing, bars closing. And it's not like the companies are, like, failing yet, but they're doing mass exodus of, like, employees chefs and stuff like that like it's not sustainable for them right now so it's it's a huge deal that like you you know like you said tip your bartenders even though you know you're not going to that bar you know them because 
you know their face. You see them often. Hit them up. See how they're doing. Because right now they're like assed out and it's not a good thing. And also, you know, like I said, like, you know, there's there's a there's a um Google Doc with the names of the bartenders and service for just about every bar here, every bar restaurant in DC. Um we'll link the <clears throat> excuse me, we'll link the, the, the doc to the show notes. Drop drop your bartend, drop your favorite bartenders uh, a few coins. And if you have the ability um, to to order through DoorDash or uh, Postmates or you know whatever your favorite um, food delivery app that you use, one tip the driver because they're risking their their health delivering your food, and you know definitely like support our support support our restaurants. Because although they can't, although they, you know, a lot of them move to takeout and delivery only. By you ordering food from them, you're you're still you're supporting their businesses, and it's not just the chain, you know, the chain restaurants. It's the small, it's the small, it's the small businesses, the small restaurants, the black-owned restaurants and bars that you're supporting as well. So yeah, like we all need to, we all need to do our part. And if one thing that this coronavirus has hopefully taught everyone is that we, like, this is truly a village. We need to treat it as such and we need to support each other. Absolutely. With no question. And people, like, do not take this shit for granted at all. Like, you should not. It's a huge fucking deal. And people are not taking it as serious as they should, which I think is very weird. But, you know, it is what it is. I guess we're on the like idea of Corona. Let's just start. So first and foremost, Whole Foods is suggesting that their workers share paid time off during the coronavirus. Yeah. So one thing that Corona has done is exposed all of the weaknesses that America has and that capitalism and the greed of millionaires and billionaires has wrought against our country. Uh, paid sick leave should be a right, not a privilege for the few, not a privilege for those who have who are salaried. Everyone should have paid time, should have paid sick leave or paid time off um, or paid vacation time. It's time to make it right. It's time to to make that happen. You know, especially now, like kids are out of school. Who knows when schools are going to reopen? If they reopen the school, this is going to hurt financially for a lot of people. I'm blessed that I'm blessed that I'm salaried. So regardless if we go back, regardless if I go back to class to the classroom or not this year. I'm still going to get paid. I'm blessed. Not a not a lot of people are in that are in my shoes or in my situation. So, like, if you're feeling sick, stay home. Take care of yourself. The job is going to be there, and if it's not, you know, 
That's when everyone has to band together and, and take care of each other. Yeah. But, you know, it just goes without saying, like, a lot of us weren't prepared for this already. But the ones who are, like, prepare somebody else. Like, if you knew that you were shopping and all that, like, help somebody else. That's the reason why I'm saying that is because I wanted to kind of, like, touch on this idiot, um, Matt Colvin, right? So the guy who basically bought up 17,000, what was it, 17,000 hand sanitizers and tried to resell them for upwards between $8 and $70. So he emptied stores across Tennessee and then tried to sell them on eBay and Amazon. Amazon pulled all of his listings for price gouging. And what they had to do essentially is go into his storage unit where he was storing this stuff after he got evicted from it because they found out that he was doing this. And now they donated that, you know, hand sanitizer to, you know, to hotels, hospitals and places who needed them, churches and stuff like that. So it made me think about people who, like you and I go to the grocery store and, you know, pick up groceries and stuff like that. So me, when I went, I was kind of upset when I walked in, it was absolutely nothing the first day. I was like, wow, like the bare like essentials, like toilet paper, obviously that's that. I'll get into that in a minute, but the meats, there was only pork and vegan food that was left. So you had that. Then like produce when it comes to like, you know, carrots and collard greens and stuff like that. Like none of that stuff was on the shelves. So I was like, wait, like are people really like stashing this stuff away? So when you go into the store and you see stuff like that, you're like, all right, I need to get it before everybody else. So it becomes like a snowballing thing. Cause if you know, you walk into, you know, into the store, one store is empty. The next time you go in there and it's stocked, you're like, all right, I'm gonna grab as much as I can. So that's how I feel like the toilet paper thing started. Now, Anybody who's married, has a spouse, or doesn't live alone, like toilet paper means a lot. It's like currency. So for me, what I did was I bought two, what is it, two six packs of toilet paper rolls. I feel like that should last maybe like two weeks because my wife's pregnant. So she uses the bathroom a lot being a pregnant person. While I was in line for the store, I, you know, lady was like, are you going to need all that toilet paper? You know, thinking, okay, since I'm a guy, I'm just buying it just to be buying. I was like, no, my wife's pregnant. And she literally looked like an asshole. She was like, oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't know. You know, I, I get it. I was like, sometimes you just got to mind your business. Not everybody knows the circumstance of the next person. So when I hear people on other podcasts and, you know, they're talking, oh, well, I don't know why people buying all this toilet paper. It's not like you'll ever need it. I'm like, imagine we actually do get this shut down and you can't fucking leave your house for two, three, four weeks. And you're trying to survive off that two or three rolls of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. People don't consider that. They just see, oh, well, you bought, you know, six or 12. Now, I'm not, not saying buy 144 fucking rolls of toilet paper. Now, that's where we go overboard. But when you see people going and grabbing one or two, maybe three things of toilet paper, you have to, like, factor in, in your head instead of you being selfish about you. Think, you know what? Maybe they have children. Maybe they have a wife, a husband, people that aren't just them because you might not be shopping for yourself when you're going to do these things. Q, you have three kids and shout out to Aaliyah for her birthday. We want to talk about her in a minute. Or, or I, I mean, just look at my situation now. Like I live with four other, four other people. Um, well, there's four 
totally using adult um, people, children and adults where I live. Yeah. And, you know, say for instance, you know, they don't even have to have like the coronavirus. They can have a bout with diarrhea. Yeah. And run into the bathroom every 20, 25 minutes because <laughs> like they have the runs. Yeah. A roll of toilet paper can can realistically go in a day with the amount of people that that is in your household. Yeah, people and, I, and you know and and not just and, and it doesn't have to be diarrhea. It just be people go to the bathroom. Like you're you're at home, you're at home. You're basically we're basically quarantined at home. You eat. You're going to go. You're going to wipe. I hope people are right, right in front of that. Yeah. But, you know, it, it could, you know, toilet paper can go very quickly, especially like if, if there's nothing else to do but eat, but eat and watch and binge, binge watch Netflix yeah. or whatever, since there's no, there's no sports. So realistically, if someone's going in and buying three packs of toilet paper, yep. like, okay, that's about normal. Yeah. That's about normal. But if you're going in, you're buying eight, nine, ten packs, you know, you're 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 just you're you're hurting. You're yep. hoarding. Yeah, it's like at some at some point we know what's overboard. And the thing is, other people know what's overboard. Like if you go into Costco and you see one person, they have an entire fucking cart of toilet paper, like paper products, paper towels and stuff like that. That's excessive. Toilet paper, that's excessive. But you also like, it's none of your business about exactly what they're doing. Also, like some things you don't have to question. So my coworker threw this idea out to me. They were like, well, Greg, what if they're picking up for their church for the, you know, the older people who can't get to Costco's? Or, or afraid. Exactly. So what they're doing is they're making a checklist of people that they're concerned about. Like for grandma, for example, when we went to go pick up groceries, we went to go pick up groceries, not just for us, but for my grandmother. I don't want her being out there going and fighting the crowds and then be subjected to somebody sneezing, especially like a kid or even adult like our age going and getting her sick. I mean, and, and knowing, and, and especially knowing that your grandmother is a cancer survivor. So her, so she's already immunosuppressed. Anything could like, you know, get her sick. Off, man. But I mean, people just are only thinking about themselves. Um, as we're live right now, Q, if you want to look at your phone, president Trump has signed a law uh, for coronavirus relief that includes provisions for free testing and paid emergency leave. Um, so my thoughts on that is um, the, paid le- the paid leave is like what it should have been was gutted by classless Republicans. Mm-hmm. Because it only applies to um, small businesses with less than 500 employees, I think. With less than 500 employees, and it's only 10 hours. Yep. Well, 10 days. Sorry, 10 days, not 10 hours, 10 days. Mm-hmm. When the original proposal was 15 days for. Um, 
small to moderate size mm-hmm. businesses. So I'm, I'm going to read this part of this article. So it says the revised legislation, um, I'm sorry, legislation uh, would provide many workers with up to two weeks of paid sick leave if they're being tested or treated with coronavirus or have been diagnosed with it. Also eligible would be those who have been told by a doctor or government official to stay home because of exposure or symptoms. Under this revised bill, however, those payments will be capped at $511 a day, roughly what someone making $133,000 earns annually. The original measure called for workers to receive their full pay, but limited federal reimbursement to employers to that amount. Workers with family members affected by coronavirus and those whose children's schools have closed will still receive up to two-thirds of their pay, though that benefit would now be limited to $200 a day. So basically, so I make $216 a day. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you make, so basically, you, those who are making 55000 54, 50, basically roughly $54,000 or less. Mm. Yep. It's weird, like some things I'm like joyful for and I'm hoping that they work out and that they pan out. For example, this whole, we get a thousand, two thousand dollars, like Q, you probably know more about that than I do. If you want to touch on it, like, let me know, because I'm not. Completely- so, yes. So um, the proposal. So basically, um, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin wants to give Americans. In two payments. A thousand dollars each. When the first payment will come in April, like April 5th, April 3rd, April 5th. Mm-hmm. The second payment will come in May. Uh, like direct cash. Though every, basically, you see that either every working house, every, every adult household, or that's what they're trying to like base the plan on. But the, his original thought was every working adult will get every working adult or working age adult will get about get will get that payment. Mm. My question is, you know, this is the government, the government and especially the man child who's the president. Will it be a straight up stimulus check and you don't have to pay back? Or when you file your taxes next year, are they going to take? Are they going to tack on an additional two thousand dollars and make it taxable income? Exactly. These are questions. Because if you, because if you, if you provide, like, I'm sure, you know, a thousand dollars can go a long way. You know, we're all at home teleworking. You know, those of us who have kids, the kids are uh, distance learning. Right now, there's a lot of electric, a lot of electricity being used. I can pay an electric, an electric bill, you know. So there's lots of ways, you know. That thousand dollars can go into groceries, uh, you know. There's a lot of things that that thousand dollars can go to. Like we can't, like unless you online shop, it's not like you can go into the mall, go into a store, go into a restaurant, or whatever, and like directly pump that that money back into the economy right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like I said, 
is that thousand dollars? Is it or two thousand dollars? Is it like free money, or is it going to be? Is it taxable? And then next year, it's like like a bonus check. Is it taxable? And then you have to claim you have to claim that money on your taxes. So that's the sixty four thousand dollar question right now. Yeah. I'm all for that. I'm all for it. Like, give me an extra thousand dollars. That's great. I can look, find a reason to need it. I can find right. I can you know send more money. Send more money to my to my kids. Exactly. I can, or I can use that, and when all of this is over, take them on a vac- take them on a vacation or something. But you know, it's a lot of questions than it is answers to that money or that proposed money. So let, I guess we can just jump into a little bit. Like, I don't want to touch on sports so much because it seems like we touched on it last week. And even though there's a lot of stuff going on with like Brady and all that, I want to wait on that. Cause I feel like there's going to be so much coming in the next, like, you know, 48 hours because there's nothing going on. So like, now all we can do is just give people the entertainment of trades and promises to play for this team and all that. Like on my phone, the breaking news is about the sports. So basically the NBA is saying, well, Adam Silver is saying that the league could play around the format, but the schedule is in flux until health officials say that it's safe to resume. I'm completely fine with that. I'm completely fine with that. So I will just wait. But what we can talk about, obviously, when it comes to Corona, everything is canceled, including now the French Open. Um, some UFC fights have been canceled, which is a bummer for me. Um, Dak Prescott getting paid. That is also been postponed. Um, but I mean, we don't fuck with the Cowboys anyway, right? So there's that. Um, what what else do we have like on here? Oh, a Pistons player did catch the coronavirus as well as Katie. He was the biggest news of the week of someone who ended up catching the coronavirus. And I think what three other like Nets players, which is really big. Mm-hmm. Huge. Um, I don't know if you saw the clip. Um, there was a clip that went around Twitter about what was it um bourbon street so cops were literally like ushering people out of the street because of this coronavirus thing because people aren't taking this shit serious people are like oh well it doesn't mean like i have to go in the house like as long as i'm six feet away from people i can go drink and i can party and it seems like every day the shit keeps changing there was a there was a message that you and i read in the about when you go to bars like what they were doing was they were taking away the eating and they thought that that would stop the flow of people coming in because they didn't have a place to sit. I'm like, people will stand and drink. I've done it. You've done it. So, yeah. The, so that was here in D.C. So before before um, Mayor Bowser um, issued an emergency order to close all bars on Monday, on Sunday, she issued an, she issued an order that um, <clears throat> we moved, like, closed the nightclubs and, like, large spaces. And, like, restaurants and bars can continue to operate. However, um, there was no seating at the bar. You could not stand up. Like, you could not be served standing up. Mm-hmm. You had to sit at a table. The tables had to be six feet apart from each other. <clears throat> you could... They, you could go no more than you couldn't have, like no, a table couldn't have no you can have a part no more than a party of six um 
But as I was perusing, just to see like, like uh, people really taking these these new regs seriously, a lot of it, a, a good number of establishments were not. There were still people seated at the bar, uh, and and all that. A lot of the restaurants did take heed to the regulations because Abra was going around. But a number, a number of these, a number of establishments, and I'm not going to say who they are. Um, which ones that they were, but a good number of them were not. We're not. We're not doing, you know, following the regs. And that's when she made the decision. After Maryland made the decision early, early Monday to close, to close their bars, close their bars, restaurants, movie theaters, and everything at five. She came and closed everything at ten. Hmm. And went basically takeout and takeout and delivery only. I just... But yeah, the reason that that we're in this mass uh, shutdown slash quarantine slash extreme social distancing is because people did not take the heat, the warnings, and everything seriously, and continue to go out. I gotta say, yes, I. I'm, I'm guilty of it. <laughs> Excuse me, but a lot of us didn't. A lot of us did not take take those recommendations seriously. So now it had to be mandated. <laughs> but even now, you know, Uber and Lyft removed the shared ride option. Yeah. And now you have to like I had to. Listen, I took a um, tutoring job today, mm-hmm. and a, a ride that would would normally cost me like nine dollars cost me seventeen. One way, seventeen dollars, and that's because I got it at the right time. I got it right as the price was going down because mm-hmm. at first it was like twenty one. Yeah, a lot of people didn't take, did, did not take, did did not, and still are not taking this seriously. And it, for me, Q, this is me personally. Like when I see, like my employer, for example, my employer doesn't take the coronavirus serious. Like my employer, meaning the company, they send out these condescending emails saying, "Hey, don't do this, that, and the third. You know, but coming to work, they've even gone to lengths of saying something about the ride share situation. You you know this, but my thing is, you want people to stop using public transportation and then use another form of public transportation that's not regulated. Like, I know a lot of people's cars are disgusting. So just imagine you being an Uber driver and you, you're not cleaning between each, you know, person getting in and out of your car, touching the handles, sitting on the seat, putting their arm on the armrest and shit like that. And that's even close quarters than on the train, right? Mm-hmm. And that's telling you, keep six feet distance. So what happens as an Uber driver when you're not protected because the person behind you is less than six feet and if they sneeze or call for something like that, it stays in your fucking car. Mm-hmm. So the next 10 to 15 to 20 people that you end up engaging with, guess what? They're going to end up catching the shit too. I don't know. I just think this shit's a little bit stupid. Um, so there's that. Um, 
in, in, in saying that, uh, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with just a little bit more because we got plenty more shit to talk about. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription. All right, y'all. So we are back. This is Young Black and Bother. I'm Greg. I'm joined by Q. And we have a special guest this episode, her first time on the show. Uh, we don't have a soundboard for it, but bah, 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 like if, if you want to call it that. So would you like to introduce yourself? What's up, y'all? This is Shan from She Gets It Podcast, also Cozy Womb Podcast. What it do? I'm glad to have you. I'm sure our listeners are glad that, you know, that you're here, as well as Q, because he's sober tonight, so he's been like my co-pilot. Just hear me rant. Yes, it's been, yeah, it's been an interesting couple of days, sitting at home, <laughs> doing nothing, trying to... Going insane! Not even, not even that, just like answering phone calls and texts from, from parents, because I teach... And I was like, how am I supposed to fill out this packet? Um, first of all, it's spring break. Don't ask me. Mm-hmm. Ask me next week. <laughs> oh, God. So, so since I don't have a child yet, she's on the way. Uh, you know, Chan, you're a parent. Q, you're a parent. What in the hell do you do in a situation when you realize, like, you have to be with your kid for that extra seven and a half hours? Okay. So I, I'm kind of perfect for this. So I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old. Now, my six-year-old, she she's already used to us doing work at home. Hey, lady, how are you? Right. Okay. <laughs> she's already used to, like, at-home work, so this is not nothing new. She's just, used, she's just not used to her not going to school. Uh-huh. Then I have a two-year-old that's like, I'm not doing this. You know, I, you got two minutes to show me these flashcards. And I work only Monday through Friday and I work around them going to school and me picking them up. Yeah. So now yeah. it's kind of like my job is is owned by rich Jewish white men that mm-hmm. do not want to close their business. Yep. And their camp and their school is closed. So it's kind of like, okay, who is watching the girls so I can mm-hmm. work or who is not going to watch the girls so I can work? And I went in today and I was like, you know what, I'm in today, but tomorrow and Friday, I'm not coming. And that's what I'm dealing with. See, that sounds like a perfect approach to it. Me, I would be like, all right, I'm calling a daycare, but then you got to deal with coronavirus and all the other stupid stuff too. But Mm -hmm. Q, what about you? How would you deal with the situation? Um, Well, it's... It's a lot. It would. It's a lot easier for me because uh, you know, being a teacher, I'm not at work at all. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so I mean, like, it would be. It definitely would be easier for me if my kids, if my kids were up here, 
because I could just uh, keep the keep the learning going. Mm. Uh, but you know, while also trying to prepare for um, this distance learning that we have to do, and listen to listen and listening to my niece call out every five seconds. Mm. <laughs> um, but like I said, it would be it's, it, it's much easier for me because you know, as a teacher, I'm out. If they're out, I'm out as well. Yeah. Um, doesn't make it any easier because, like, I still have to, you know, I still gotta, I still have a job to do, mm. even though I'm not, in the, even though I'm not, like, with them in the classroom delivering instruction right now. I'm still in a way delivering instruction. So, see, I, I can wait a few years. Um, what I've learned from social media over the past like seven days that there are a lot of bad fucking parents. Oh yes, and they're they're oh yeah, they're, they're and they're getting full. They're, now a lot of them are realizing a that teaching is hard. Mm-hmm. Yep. That b their kids are really that damn bad. Yeah. Well, both of you have children that are of age to you know a point. So when they come to you now with like the homework, I'm sure you're already confused by half the stuff they bring you. But now, how does it feel knowing like oh shit, like they're coming to me with. I'm like, I don't really want to do that. Like, how do you deal with that as a parent? Uh, for me, I'm always finding something that I don't know to research. I'm always looking for something to read. And this is what happens when you when you yourself go to school. You go to elementary, you go to middle school, you go to high school. Mm-hmm. Then you have the choice if you want to go to college. I went to college for four years. Why? I have no idea. <laughs> then you get out of that college, you graduate, you have that degree. What does it mean? Nothing. I just put my degree in a, in a frame like mm-hmm. a month ago. And you have like a time frame of, okay, now all you have to do is work an adult. And then you meet a person and you guys have kids. And then they get to an age where you have to teach them. I've been teaching my six-year-old since she was in me. Letting her listen to music, reading to her, um, being aware of what I eat. When she came out, constantly putting her in front of a, a, a book, something to learn, talking to her like a grown-up. So now she's six. Mm-hmm. She's um, doing third-grade math. She's reading on the third grade level. She's doing spelling bees. She actually likes learning. And then I have a two-year-old that's like, what are we about to sing and what are we about to dance? Because I'm not doing none of that. So it's, it's like you have to be open to learning if you're going to have children. Because if you don't, they're not going to want to learn. If you don't want to read, they're not going to want to read. And I think these parents are so stuck on putting them in front of a TV, giving them the mm-hmm. iPad. Your kids are not going to learn like that. Yeah, You have to show them that you like learning, so they'll learn to like learning. And, it, and a lot of it is do not punish your children with learning. Do not be like, you know, oh, you're getting on my nerves, go read a book. Oh, uh, you're messing up something, do this math. Give it to them when y'all having a great time. Do it. You know, after y'all just got finished playing a game, make a game out of it and make them feel like learning is not a punishment. I think parents are stuck with 
making learning feel like it's a punishment. It's not a punishment. See, damn, <laughs> that was some gospel right there. Shit, I need to get the soundboard working because that was absolutely <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow, wow. She got me stuck for the first time on the show. First time I've ever, and I listened to your show. Actually, you know what? Yeah, let, let's let's talk about your show. So, I started okay. listening because obviously I followed you on Twitter, right? So I followed you on Twitter. You know, shout out to Baylor and uh, like OLF and all them. Like they were like, oh, you got to listen to Chan's show. I was like, all right, bet. So. I go and listen. And say, oh, this is a, like it's a woman, and she's talking. And it's just her. And I told you this before. I was like, oh, like I'm actually like surprised. Like she does it for twenty or thirty minutes every episode. So I commend you for that first and foremost. But the knowledge that you bring, I'm like, as a guy, there's a lot of shit that I don't pay attention to. I don't listen to. So hearing it come from you and it's uninterrupted, I appreciate that. So I was Thank like, you. I have to get her on the show at some point, man. Like, oh my god. So today I was like, you know what? <laughs> You know, it was just Q and I was like, let's get like a female perspective, a woman's perspective rather, sorry, about like just life and things, especially with this whole coronavirus thing going on. It's like, how do you feel about it? For us, it's like, all right, great. Like we can, we can't go to the bar, but we can play 2K and we can eat all the shit that's in the fridge. But you have responsibilities that you do the damn work. So you know, I commend you for that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. So um, tell me like with your show. Like, what is the message that you're trying to bring across? All right. With my show, I'm trying to show people that you don't have to be one way. You don't have to like one thing and you don't have to pour all of who you are on being this and fitting in this box. So like people have podcasts and they have um, blogs and they have pages that, you know, if you want to laugh, go here. If you want to learn something, go here. If you want to see something sexy, go here. Why can't you have all those things? Mm-hmm. So she gets it is basically showing people that I get that certain things are this way. I get that people like certain things, but I don't want to be boxed. I don't want to have just this type of topic that I talk about. So I talk about anything that's on top of my mind. I am an HR issue. I have always been an HR issue. Anybody that is in HR at any job that be like, hey, Chantal, what's up? Because I'm always trending on like the borderline of saying whatever I want uh-huh. and you understanding uh-huh. that if I need to, I will take it there. Uh, because if not, I'm just going to be here. So just let me be here. So uh-huh. That's basically what she gets it is. It's just unfiltered me. Okay. And obviously you have more than one show though. So yes. What, so, what, what made that okay. So she gets it is just like me, unfiltered, whatever I want to talk about. And then Cozy Room is about parenting, uh, how to be a better parent and surviving parenting. Mm-hmm. Because I know they're like, I didn't want to mix. Oh, today she's talking about this. And uh, <laughs> today she's talking about, you know, how to be a better co-parent. I wanted to have them separate because, you know, you're going to speak to a different audience talking about kids and people who don't have kids really probably don't even want to hear about kids unless they thinking about, you know, becoming a parent like you, for instance, maybe you want to check out some episodes on Cozy Room, but I named it Cozy Room because both of my kids were late. Mm. They were comfy in there. They had the lazy boy. They had the food. They wasn't trying to come out. You know, if they knew what was coming on like now in adulthood, I wouldn't want to come out either. So um, that's what Cozy Woman is. And then the third podcast that I'm on is with 
two other friends and it's like a book club where we discuss a book that we're reading. So I keep myself busy. I just need to create. And so that's what I do. So do you, go ahead and just tell them again what the name of your podcast, all three of them are. That way people can listen. I'll put them in the show notes as well. So. All right. So it's She Gets It Pod. Um, if you hashtag She Gets It on IG, you'll find it. If you hashtag it on Twitter, you'll find it. And then the parenting podcast is Cozy Womb Podcast. Um, hashtag it, you'll find it. If you're on IG, you'll find it. And then the third one is So What Page Be On Bit, which is like a... Um, book club with two of my other friends and we talk about um books that'll help you in life books that have interesting topics right now we're discussing um the law of human nature by robert green and he's basically reading people for filth with their uh characteristics so yeah yeah so go check out all three of those oh my god i can't wait are, are you ready to get into these games now because i we have some games that i wanted to play with you i wanted to do first 48 obviously you as a first time and i wanted to play and introduce a new game with you i feel like you would be the perfect person for this game so okay the second game is called am i the asshole so Ooh. yeah <laughs> so, yeah so obviously like we'll try to keep the language down for the kitties but that is the name of the actual segment so uh First 48. Q, do you want to explain exactly what First 48 is? Okay, so um, First 48 is literally how it sounds. So we, we uh, read in a headline of an article, um, usually crime or a crazy story, and we have to guess the First 48 state that that incident occurred in. Usually it's Florida. Nine times out of ten is Florida, um, but it also like we've also like a lot of the stories have also come from like Jersey and Texas and you know, okay. crazy crazy states like that. So Greg would read a part of the article or just a headline, and we have yeah. to guess what state or where where it happened at. You ready for this? I'm down because First 48 is like um, my six-year-old and I, our favorite show. So let's go. Okay. All right. So first article, police say a Pizza Hut employee invented an armed robbery story to get a raise. So police arrested a police. uh, I'm sorry. They arrested a Pizza Hut employee Friday after they said he invented an armed robbery story in order to get a raise. Joseph Boudet was charged with creating a false alarm and false report to police. He was released pending his court appearance. According to a Facebook post, uh, they said that a spokesman from Pizza Hut said that he would be fired. They stated in the post that Bode called the police at 10.30 a.m. on Friday, and he claimed that he was confronted by a male suspect who brandished a handgun while demanding cash. He claimed he fought off the suspect and then fled empty-handed. The, <laughs> the police chief said that about 26 police officers responded to the call and described the suspect as a white male, early 30s, unshaven, 5'8", wearing dark clothing, and armed with a handgun. Yeah. Um, guess, the, guess the first 48 state where this happened. I want to say Midwest, somewhere in Midwest, or New Jersey. Q? I, I'm going with the most deep state in the country, and that's Florida. Q, you want to, okay, you, you want to, I'll give you another chance, Q. Okay, if it's not Florida, 
then I'm going to go with somewhere in the Midwest and like uh, Iowa somewhere. <sighs> Fine. Chan is one for one. Q is zero for one. This happened in New Jersey. Oh, God. This, the, the second most bleak state in the country. Listen, you're talking about scamming. Scamming areas are up top. Yeah. New York, Philly, D.C., <laughs> yep. New Jersey. Yeah. New Jersey is the second most fucked up state when it comes to like their shenanigans. Excuse my language. I'm Keep forgetting we have a little kitty in the room. So oh, she ain't even here. I gave her my um my uh, Ben's truck to play with. She be out. Well, shit. Here we go. So, <laughs> so right in the in the Facebook post, which included the hash uh, the hashtags Pizza Nut Sibling of Fibbing Sauce Liar Liar Pie on Fire from Hero to Zero, Cutrick thanks the community for working together and said that also uh, although this was a false report, it tested our capabilities during the incident. Basically, he ended up getting fired and he didn't get a raise. So, yeah, that's the first 48 state. That's the first one. So, Chan right now is one for one when it comes to first 48 articles. So, yeah, okay. So far, so good. Uh, Let's see. Second article. Mayor begs residents to stop shooting each other so hospital beds can be used for coronavirus patients. Ooh. The mayor got a bag. If you yeah, and, and it has to be somewhere where they can have guns so they look like South. Mm, I want to say Memphis or Texas. It don't sound like Georgia. <laughs> you can only pick one, though. Um, all right. I want to go with Texas. Okay, you're going with Texas. Q, what you got? Uh, I'm Chicago. Chicago. Wow. Uh, Chan is one for two. Q, you are 0 for two. This happened in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, shoot. Go figure. <laughs> I used to live in Moral, Maryland, but I ain't been up there in a while. So. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> The mayor says, for those of you who want to continue to shoot and kill people of this city, we're not going to tolerate it. We're going to come after you and we're going to get you. He urged people to put down their guns because we cannot clog up our hospitals and their beds with people that are being shot senselessly because we're going to need those beds for people infected with the coronavirus. And it could be your mother, your grandmother, or one of your relatives. So take that into consideration. Dang. The fact that you had to come out and say this shit, like, stop shooting. And, and, and that does sound like Chicago. <laughs> it does. Well, and let me see. I think we got, what, three more of these. Um, police surround the home of a man who refused to self-quarantine. If you need, if you need me to read the article, I can, uh, so you can get some more context. So it says, the 53-year-old man refused to quarantine himself after being tested positive for COVID-19. Um, wow. Officials say that um, they forced an isolation on the man, one of the first 20 convicted, I'm sorry, confirmed states that had it. So says that it was a step that he had never thought that he was going to take, but I can't allow one person who we know has the virus to refuse to protect their neighbors. So they had a standoff with him because he refused to go and stay in the house. Yes, he was white. Um, super resistant. I want to say Florida. Uh, Washington State. Wow. Come on, guys. I got to give me something. This happened in Kentucky. See, I would never guess that. <laughs> me either. Yeah, me neither. Let me see. So, next one. 
police to stop nonviolent arrest due to coronavirus. Oh, that's too easy, Philly. Uh, nonviolent. That sounds like some Connecticut shit. Mm. Final answers? QP. I said Philly. You're finally on the board. This happened. Philadelphia police officers have been instructed to stop making arrests for what are considered to be nonviolent crimes due to the coronavirus. This means all narcotic offenses, theft from persons, retail theft, theft from auto, burglary, vandalism, all bench warrants, stolen audio, um, st- I'm sorry, stolen auto, economic crimes, including bad checks, fraud, prostitution, and more. Oh, God, it's a, it's a, it's the spree up there. Exactly. So basically what they, so basically, like, they're, they're still going to get processed, but they're going to get, like, um, uh, citation release, so they have to like court a court date, but they won't be they won't be held. Exactly. exactly. Okay, and our last one for first forty eight, but this is a special one. It's not in you know it's in the United States, mm-hmm. but you have to guess the airline. So this airline bans coronavirus passengers who flew with the virus. Knowingly. Knowingly. It says that they uh, imposed a ban of a lifetime to a passenger who flew from New York to Florida while awaiting test results for COVID-19. This comes after the news that the person was held at a tarmac for three hours while medical personnel helped to remove two elderly passengers that were also sick, and he decided to board his plane anyway. Foolish airline, I want to say American Airlines. Spirit. <sighs> this happened on JetBlue. Really? I like JetBlue. <laughs> but what I saw, I was like, there's no fucking way. Dang. Yeah. That, that hurt. That hurt. That's like people who cough with their mouth open while they're standing in line. Like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let me see. What, what else do we have? Oh, we can start our new game. So um, this game is called Am I the A-Hole? You know, for, you know, the kitties. I don't want to say it too loud, but this is Am I the A-Hole? So what I do is I read a passage of a question that someone asked to a Reddit called Am I the A-Hole? And you guys can discuss if they actually are being, an, you know, an A-Hole in this situation. That work? Mm-hmm. Number one, am I the A-Hole for burning bridges with my in-laws at my husband's funeral? I married Jake when we were both 19. I knew in hindsight that it was dumb, but it was common in the area. We're from an area from a lot of opportunities and we knew it well enough with scholarships and we were able to attend college there. Jake decided to join the military, blah, 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 blah. So basically they're asking if they were an asshole for burning the bridges with their in-laws because of their husband's funeral. Nope. Uh, Absolutely not. Nope. I, I I don't think so. I feel like like if they listen. You, I have relatives that haven't met my kids, and they're two and six. Nope. Yeah, I absolutely like no. Nah, like, how are you an asshole for that? Like, I feel like the bridge is already burnt. Like, I won't say it's burnt, but it's like you don't have to engage with them anymore because you're not with that person, right? So, yeah. and you would do the same thing. Yeah, if you're divorced or you know something like that. Like, why are you still trying to keep that connection? You don't have to. Nobody talks about the toxic shit of 
holding on to people's families where you have an ex. Let that shit go. Stop showing up for dinner. Stop showing up there for events. This is done with. Stop holding on to that shit. Oh boy. So you realize you and Q about to have a lot of dialogue. <laughs> oh yes. Uh, let, me, let me tell you. Ooh, Lord have mercy. Ooh, Lord have mercy. It, it's called divorce for a reason. It's called divorce for a reason. Like yes, I know. I you know. Yeah, I had kids with my with my ex wife. Mm-hmm. I didn't have kids. I didn't have kids with my in laws, my mother in law, my father in law, my ex mother in law, ex father in law. Neither of my ex sisters or brothers in law. Don't call me asking me. You didn't care when I was married to your sister. If there's something about the kids, I you can text me. But other than that. I don't want to talk to you. But, we're, we're not, we're family, but not family. We're not family. So when does it come to where you have to like deal with them? Like, like birthdays. Okay, this is, this is what I do. So I don't talk to, the people that I don't talk to, mm-hmm. I feel like I can't even come pick your kid up if I don't have a relationship with you. Mm-hmm. So like, I have my mom has children who have children who my kids do not know that they're cousins because I don't like the your your parent as a person. Therefore, I cannot I cannot have you come over. You know, we cannot hang because if an emergency happens and I gotta call your parent that I don't like, it's gonna be an issue. So I just stay out of it. Wow. Yeah, I, I'm of the same mindset. Q, I'm assuming you agree too, because you were just like, mm, like she was just preaching the gospel. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, yes, I agree wholeheartedly. Like, I don't want to, like, yes, there's a reason I'm divorced, divorced out of the family. Don't call me. <laughs> you know, Q, Q's holding that forever. That's going to be his thing. He's like, hey, like, I'm holding that near and dear. So you, whenever we talk about it, it's just like, it comes up. He's like, yep, mm-hmm, here's my moment. So, number two. Am I the asshole for not defending my cousin after he stole my baby name? No, that, well, that's slightly petty. Like, <laughs> listen, when, but I don't know about you, but before I had kids, I had a list of names and I use Nan, one of those names. Mm-hmm. It depends on a person and a name is a name. You can always have the same name and spell it differently. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no, I, I would say no. No, not at all. Okay, let me see. What's our next one? Uh, let me see. Am I the asshole telling my mom that my stepdad called me another man's mistake? <sighs> no. I, I like I like truth. Whether I like it or not, I like truth. And I like people to know the truth about where people stand. So, no. Mm. Mm. Okay. Q, here's one for you, but, you know, Chan, you can answer it as well. Am I the asshole for calling my student student because he refuses to stop calling me professor? No. No. Kids are mad rude these days, and I don't even know how teachers handle that, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Let me see. Um, Q, what about you? Absolutely not. I, I have... Excuse my niece crying in the background. Um, I have 
a student in in my class who is the devil's incarnate. So literally the devil's incarnate. So like my co-teacher and I, we don't even mention her by name. We call her we call her the behavioral the behavioral outlier. We don't yeah, we don't like we don't call her name. Like we'll call each other and say the behavior outlier is acting up. The behavior outlier is out of her seat. Mm-hmm. Yikes. Yikes. All right, this this one's a little bit heavy. Um Jesus. Am I the asshole for banning my brother from bringing his Indian girlfriend to my wedding? Damn, what did she do? <laughs> so, so my brother, he's 25. He's been dating an American-born girl to Indian parents since last year. She's 23. Her parents do not like their relationship because she's white. I'm sorry, because he's white and probably prefer her to find an Indian man. He's been trying to gain their approval, but falling and uh, I guess he's failing. And then from what he said, they continue to shrug him off and actively exclude him if she tries to bring him to her family events. This has annoyed me because my brother's one of the nicest people, blah, 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 blah. Uh, she got upset because I didn't want to spring this up on her. So I asked. <laughs> so I didn't want to spring this up on her. So I asked his girlfriend if we could meet and I sat down with her and explained that in good conscience. I could not invite her to our wedding. And if her family cannot accept my brother. And I essentially boiled it down to, if they don't want my brother, we don't want you. I told her she was banned from all of our future family events until something changes with her parents in regards to my brother. She got upset about it. And this caused a huge divide in my family. My brother obviously is against it and wants to know what we can do to stop the non-support of this situation. Am I the asshole? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely fucking hot. He's not. Okay. Okay. This is why I say yes, because people that want to divide because of culture cannot be met with another person that wants to divide because of um, wrongdoing or culture because they're not going to learn they're wrong. So when they see that another culture, complete culture, uh, accepts their child with open arms. (laughs) They're going to feel like the asshole and they're going to be like, okay, maybe we're being dicks for being so against this because if they really love each other, they're going to be together anyway. Perfect example. One of my um, brothers is married to um, an Asian woman. They have two kids together. She has a child outside of their marriage. And he has a child outside of marriage before they got married. And her parents, well, her um, dad's new wife, which is an Asian woman, did not accept my brother at all. She would call him the N-word when they were at the house. She would say how she loves her grandkids, but she doesn't understand why um, she wants to be with him and not address my brother or anything. My brother's a Jamaican black man, like, but he's not one to like stand up for himself. My thing is, like, because my family is so multiracial it will be ignorant of me to be like oh such and such can't come because you know their family ain't shit and they exclude you listen i'm gonna be that i'm always gonna be the example of y'all welcome there's nothing wrong with you be here but if you know his wife is with the shits like her parents 
Oh, what's the ultimate fuck you? <laughs> what? <laughs> Forever. <laughs> you and you and the crew, all of them can go to hell. Yeah. Yeah. That was wow. that was really fucked up. <laughs> I actually yeah. feel bad for like I don't even feel bad for the brother. I feel bad for like the girl, you know, the girlfriend. Cause like, yo, what the fuck? Where did that come from? I'm sure she did. It didn't say if she had like done it without the brother knowing or even like acknowledging, like going to the family and saying, Hey, it's a good idea that I do this. It seemed like she just did it because it's like, this is my wedding and I'm going to approach her about it. And then she spoke up for the family. So now the family's like, wait, but we weren't even involved in that shit. <laughs> wait, we didn't want that. You wanted that. So yeah. trash. Racing cultures is tricky. Yeah, that is. Wow. Yeah. So, let me see. What, what else do we? What else do we have? Oh, we yeah, did that one. I guess we can do one more, and then we'll get into what's bothering us. Um. Wait. Ew. Okay. We can't have that question. I he said it. ew. <laughs> it, it was a little bit wild because it, it started by saying, "Um, am I uh, am I the asshole for being mad at my husband for?" Asking if his friends can come over tonight, but today is my birthday. So I was reading it completely wrong. Like uh, asking, like, can his friends come over? I'm like, all right, like th- that's a l- little bit much. Um, wow. Um, one more. One more. Da, da, da. No, these are a lot of like. Okay, here we go. Am I the asshole for getting my daughter lip injections? Does yes. she want them? It says, oh, oh boy, let me get the actual article up. People go into like tangents, so I have to like parse it like on the fly. So it says, I would like others to give me their opinions, blah, blah, blah. My daughter is 17 years old. She turned 17 in February. She was, uh, since she's 10, she's been complaining about her lips. She inherited her father's thin lips. They're in great shape, but they are thin. She has been bullied about it for ages. She comes home to me crying about it often. I thought that she would get over, you know, over it as she got older, but. She never has. My daughter now lives with her father and her stepmother full time because I travel for work when I'm in town, blah, 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 blah. We had a good heart to heart and I decided to go ahead and pay for her lip injections. I signed the consent forms and we did it. She is very happy with them and she loves them. They have really balanced out her face. When it times for me to leave from work again, I told her, you know, I took her back to her father's. He flipped out. He started yelling at us both and claiming that we destroyed her face. I apologize to him for... Clearly not telling him, but it was because it was something that I knew he would say no to. There was something that she really wanted for a long time, so I went along with it. Of course, he has spread the news of the lip injections to several family members. They think that it's shameful that I would take my daughter to get plastic surgery and are urging him to limit my visitation. Probably not going to happen. I think that they are doing this to just emphasize, you know, make an emphasis that I should not be around my daughter even more even though they are excited to shame me for letting her get a minor surgery. Am I the asshole? Yes. 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 <laughs> yep. Fuck yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You, I, I'm not with parents making one-sided decisions without consulting another parent, especially when the child is under 18, like you're out of pocket. Yeah. And I think, like, the daughter knew, like, she's just as guilty because at, like, 17, it was like, all right, my father knows he's going to say no, so I'm going to go to my mom. Yeah. And but, you don't ever want your child playing favorites with a parent. Yeah, you don't want, you don't want, you don't want to pit your child against one, against a parent. 
You don't yes. need it. No. So yeah, yeah, you're an asshole. That's trash. Yeah. See, like me right now, I am the ultimate only parent um, because both of their dads are idiots. So my decision is my decision. Um, but when it comes to like something like putting something foreign in a child's body, no, we're going to have a conversation. Mm. So I'm just, I was, I'm still kind of fucked up about it. Like, wait, you sign the papers and you're not around the daughter often enough to actually see the, like, you know, see her often. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that makes me think like she did that to be. Spiteful. Like, to like to be liked more because she feels guilty for not being around. Exactly. So, see, and that that's that's definitely a subject. I'm sure you'll you'll talk about me like like getting the approval from one parent and not the other. I'm not a parent, but that wow, there's so many dynamics. <laughs> shit, like why would you, you didn't even address him about it. That's really fucked up, huh? <sighs> okay, so that, this is one thing that I wouldn't ask her dad about. So when I was little, I was known for having an infamous mustache, okay? Okay. My mother did not care. So in my second grade picture, my third grade picture, my fifth grade picture, you see that thing sitting there just chilling like, okay, we photo ready. And I'm like, listen, let me see that Anya has a mustache that I can see in pictures. I'm taking that thing off. I'm not going to let her go through elementary school, middle school, high school with that thing on. To this day, my mother has a mustache. She has a man and she will not remove the air. I am not that parent. So if that's the case with my daughter as she's growing up, I'm going to help her remove the air. Yeah. So, I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. Mm -mm -mm. See, I'm with it. So, I guess, like, Q's probably agreeing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, all that, <laughs> all that. Um, so this is the part of the show that we call "What's Bothering Us." We were going to do "Dope and Note," but like I don't really like music right now. Um, mm -hmm. So "What's Bothering Us" is a segment where each person, guest, you know, this and welcome again, uh, where you go and you say either what's bothering you or what's blessing you. This is or you know, take as long as you want to just discuss things that are on your mind and what's bothering or blessing you. So, and since you're the guest, you get to go first. Ooh. All right. I think it's easy to sway negatively about shit. Mm -hmm. um, so what's blessing you right now is the fact that Corona putting everybody on their ass and most of us are being forced to sit down and relax. And we're starting to understand what we need to live day by day and what we don't need what's in excess and what's not. Um, we're starting to, well, some of us are building closer relationships with our children because they have to be at home with us. Um, we're realizing where we're not, you know, out of, you know, the fucking cell phone bills, the cable. And do you have 10K set aside just in case we have no government tomorrow? Um does that 401k mean anything sitting in a fucking account and I can't touch it until I'm what, 59? What is it doing for me right now? And it's all about, I think when we come out of this, it's going to make people more aware about how they spend their money, their money, 
um, how they can grow their money and how they can set aside an emergency fund. Because I don't think anybody saw this shit coming. Nobody has a plan. Every state has a different way of their of how they're handling this. And you're really going to see, like, is that private school worth me paying a fucking house every year? Is my child learning anything? And, you know, I'm sending my child to daycare, what, $800 a month. Do they know how to spell their name or do they not know how to spell their name? Do they know how to identify alphabets or do they not? Should I just, you know, take more time to teach my child at home? Can I tolerate my child? Do I really like my kid? Like all of this shit is going on right now. And I fucking love it because I already been on this shit. I already been flushing toilets with my feet. I already been squatting. That's why these thighs are as thick as they are because I don't sit on public toilet seats. Everybody is showing their ass on how nasty, how nasty they are or how clean they are. And I fucking love it. <laughs> See that? Thank you. I can't follow that up. Q, it's you. <laughs> I can't follow that up. Uh, uh, um, ditto. Um, but what's, what's bothering me is the fact that, yes, we are wholly unprepared to deal with emergencies, but also just thinking about my day-to-day job as a teacher. And parents are really beginning to see how difficult it is to stand in front of a class of children Mm -hmm. all day for seven hours a day. Like, I am looking on Facebook and I see parents like, teachers, I don't know how you do it every day because they're like, because a lot of them, they're working with their, working with their kids, um, you know, trying to complete the learning package that they got from school and they're like it's 10 o'clock and I'm tired yep. it's 10 o'clock and I'm tired how do you like how do you teachers do this all how do you do this all day and I'm, I, I just want to be I, I, a part of me just want to say ha 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 y'all see now y'all see what we go through all day long but the thing that the thing that disturbs me is you know, we have this distance learning going on right now, but we have kids who don't have access to the technology and the internet and the Wi-Fi that is needed in order to learn, in order to do distance learning. The digital divide, the technological divide that exists in education is really coming is really coming to bear right now. Yeah. And if which I predict is going to happen, if schools are done with classroom based learning for the rest of the school year, which I believe is going to happen, one state has already done so. What's going to happen to those kids? Because like the summer slide is going to start early. Because we can assign, we can create a packet of work and everything, but there's only so much that we can do. Yeah. There's only so much that we can do. And if we're not, you know, in front of kids, if teachers are not in front of kids, doing the small group interventions, doing, you know, the, the individual work to help catch a kid up 
And if their parents are not interested in doing the work with their kid or can't because they have because they have to work. Yeah. What's gonna happen to our kids? Yeah. What's gonna happen to our kids? Like, is it next year? You know, as as a teacher, am I gonna have to teach a combo class? Like half the like half the class gonna be basically kindergarten and the other class and the half of the class I'm teaching first grade. That's more pressure on me. Because now I have to plan for two distinct levels at the same time by myself. Now, how do I do I do it in a small group? Or do I it, it, there's a lot of there, <laughs> so to those of you who don't who think that education that we you know you, we can defund it and take away money and not pay teachers the way the the salary that they should make which is over six figures and you keep taking advantage of teachers when I and a lot of my colleagues are now doing everything that we can to keep learning going even though we're not even though we're not in the classroom anymore, then shame on you. And that's a message to the that's a message to the that's a message to the orange shark and to Republicans who think that, oh, we can just privatize everything. We can let the let the private sector do this, but not fund education at the levels it should be. Our country is going to become more dumber because of this. Yep. Mm. Man, Q just went and had a eulogy. Wow. Yeah. How the fuck do I follow that up? You two just, I'm going to have to like do separate shows with each one of y'all. Teachers should not, no teachers should be making less than 150K a year. Yeah. Period. And the curriculum for schools, been fucked up been dry, been old. That's why children outside of the country of the United States learn quicker and more on point. Hmm. Yeah. Well, they also want us to do 50, they also want us to do 50 million things instead of just teach. We got to do this, we got to do, I understand intervention, I said all this, but all the other requirements plus teach to a test, that's why our kids are dumb. Now. Mm-hmm. We're taking, we're taking fun and innovation out of out of out of the classroom, and we're turning our kids into robots. And yeah. and this coronavirus is gonna is one exposing it now, and two, like I said, it's gonna make our kids even dumber. Mm. They're relying on things to show them the answer, not teach them how to get it themselves. Trust me, I, I know for me, I pulled out a TI-80. I think I told Q this story. I pulled out a TI-80 calculator. And he was like, is that a Game Boy? Like, no, it's a, it's a calculator. He's like, you didn't have that on your phone? Uh, I didn't have a cell phone um, until like junior year in high school. And they were like, yeah, but you could just do all that on your phone. I was like, my phone didn't have Angry Birds and shit like that. My phone yeah. had Snake. And... When I got to college, it was like, all right, at that point, we're on sidekicks and, you know, stuff started ramping up. But mm-hmm. half the things that these kids have now, I'm like, yo, like, they have a app that I just discovered because of my cousin. So I was trying to help him with the math problem. And <clears throat> his mom had, like, kind of locked certain apps so he wouldn't cheat on, like, tests at school. There's an app, like, called, it's, 
like my calc or something like that, where you can take on a sheet of paper and you can take a photo of like the math problem and it solves the entire fucking problem for you. I used to use that in um, 12th grade and in college. Oh, like I was like, yo, I did not know. I, I'm, I'm going to figure that like app out, but I was like, oh, that is, I wish I would have had that then. You put in the whole problem and this shit does it for you. Yeah. And it literally breaks it down so you can like basically tell the teacher how you got to. I was like, man, they, they got it good. I mean, they got it bad too because there's a whole lot of other shit they got to do. Yeah, they don't think. They don't. They don't. They don't have to think. They don't have to. Like we had to learn the process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now they don't have to learn the process of how to get an answer. And that's why. And that's why. And that's why. Like parents are struggling with this new math. Because they're forcing kids, they force like, this math is forcing kids to actually think, to actually think about how do I solve this problem instead of just solving it. Now, what you know now, Q and Chan, like, do you feel as though like if you were given the same curriculum that these kids have now in like middle and high school, would you have been able to pass knowing that you know the stuff that they have to do now, you have to do it? No. Uh, well, no, because back then we didn't, like I said, we didn't have the technology that we have now where you can plug in something into an app or, or, or Google it real quickly and figure it out yeah. and without having to like actually think and go through the process of figuring it out. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is search for it. Boom. Then you got it. So no, our kids do not. Our kids do not know how to think critically at all. And then they turn into adults delegating that can't think shit critically. That, exactly. <laughs> like school does not teach you life um, how to do's. It it teaches you if somebody asks you this, this is what you tell them. Right. Well, you know what? When I need to pay my rent and I need to pay my mortgage and I need to do my homeowners and shit, ain't nobody teaching that shit. And when I need a budget, nobody taught me that. When I need to um, figure out where I should put my money to grow it instead of just putting it into a regular savings account where they can access my money whenever they want to, nobody taught me that. So it's kind of like, this is why in New York, Hasidic Jews teach their children on a completely different level compared to people in public school. This is why um, um, Montessori schools cost fucking 40K a year to teach your child in a classroom where there's eight-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds, and they're all trying to critically think on how can we make this become a maze how can we de- deconstruct this and children learn better when there's other children in the room that know more or know less so they, they can think together period mm-hmm. and there, absolutely there you have it <laughs> wow see she just broke it down so i guess in clo- that was the show everybody so that was <laughs> <laughs> that was a beautiful way. so you know I guess you can go first and say where they can find you on social media. I'm going to end with Chan. So, Q, where can they find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at QDZ1906. I do not use Instagram because it sucks. Okay. Chan, where can they find you on social media? Um, 
on social media, you can find me at She Gets It Thought on Twitter and Instagram. Um, if you want to find my everything, go to www.whoishan.com. Um, cozy Womb is Cozy Womb Pod. And if you're interested in books and what books to read during this quarantine, check out So What Pays Me on Bid Podcast. Hmm. All right, y'all. So y'all have notified. Do that shit. Follow her. Listen to the podcast. Come back with the notes. Because she will be back. And she's going to be All right, y'all. Until next week, we will see you. Bye.